evening. It is 5 p.m. and you're tuned in to Kingston Currents here on CFRC 11.9 FM. Brought to you by the local journalism initiative, Queen's University, and What Will I Wear at 732 Princess Street. I'm CFRC's broadcast journalist, Christina Laurie, here to keep you up to date on all things Limestone local news. In your local news headlines, we have some new programming announced by the Kingston Frontenac Public Library. Read It and Reap, introducing KFPL's 1,000 Books Before Kindergarten Challenge. September is an exciting month, not just for school-age kids, but for the littlest members of Kingston Frontenac, from newborns to preschoolers, too. Thanks to the generous support of the Friends of the Library, KFPL is launching a new reading challenge, 1,000 Books Before Kindergarten. The initiative, also known as 1BBK, is simple but makes a big difference. Caregivers are challenged to read 1,000 books with their children before they step into the world of kindergarten. One BBK is not just about reaching a numerical target, it's about building a solid foundation for each child's future success in literacy, education, and life. It's an excellent way for kids and their grown-ups to bond, and it comes at the perfect time. Early childhood is a period of incredible brain development, and early exposure to language has a profound impact. In a quote from Brianne Peters, a librarian, she states, don't be daunted by the number. Reaching this goal is within your reach, and we're here to help. Establishing a daily reading habit is key. Reading three books a day for one year gets you to over 1,000 books, and even just one one book a day for three years accomplishes the same. You can read one book or multiple books each day. It's up to you." End quote. KFPL provides a user-friendly logging tool, Beanstack, to track reading progress at kfpl.beanstack.com. Anyone who joined the TD Summer Reading Program this year already has an account. For anyone who prefers a physical chart, copies are available at any KFPL branch or can be printed at home. A love of reading is not the only prize. When families reach the halfway mark at 500 books, they can claim a free book bag, and upon completing all 1,000 books, they will receive a certificate and another special prize. For more information about 1BBK and to get started, you can visit kfpl.ca. Solar Spotlight. Learn with KFPL, Queens, and the McDonald Institute in advance of the October eclipse. Solar eclipses are awe-inspiring natural phenomena that provide an excellent opportunity for sky watchers and astronomy enthusiasts to witness the beauty and wonder of our universe. An opportunity soon coming with a solar eclipse crossing North, Central, and South America on October 14th. To enhance the experience, KFPL will host Queens University and the McDonald Institute for Standing in the Shadow of the Moon, an exploration of the history and mechanics of eclipses. Professors Darren LaHue and Sarah Sadovoy will explore the significance of this natural wonder, offering attendees an understanding of the influence of eclipses on culture and belief systems, as well as the physical circumstances that make eclipses possible. This event takes place on October 4th at 6 p.m. at the Isabel Turner Branch. You can register at calendar.kfpl.ca. For aspiring young astronomers ages 6 to 12, KFPL is also offering an opportunity to create solar eclipse projectors in partnership with Queens to support safe viewing. The program is happening on October 7th at 2 p.m. at the Calvin Park Branch with registration opening on September 23rd at calendar.kfpl.ca. In a message from the City of Kingston, the final giveaway day of 2023 is Saturday, September 23rd. Next Saturday, September 23rd is giveaway day, the day you put out items you no longer want that neighbors might like to rehome. This is the last giveaway day for 2023. Adam Mueller, supervisor of Solid Waste, states, If your items still have some life left in them, consider giving them away on giveaway day. Giveaway days are an effective and unique way to reduce waste in Kingston. When you pick up free, gently used items, you save them from landfill and reduce the waste associated with packaging and the greenhouse gas emissions associated with manufacturing new goods. It's also a good way for community members to save money. You can share pictures of your giveaway day items on Instagram or Twitter at hashtag WasteNotYGK. The following are some giveaway day guidelines. Only set out appropriate items that you know someone else will want. Appropriate items may include books, CDs, DVDs, furniture and small appliances, electronics, construction materials, kitchen gadgets, dishes, cutlery, pots and pans, and yes, unwanted gifts. The Consumer Product Safety Bureau of Canada advises that baby walkers, cribs, car seats, strollers, playpens, bath 
bath seats, mattresses, blinds, and toys are not appropriate. How to put items out. Place items at curb in front of your home. Place stickers or signs on the items with the word free. Ensure any items that you do not want taken are kept away from items placed at the curb. At the end of the day, bring any uncollected items back into your home. Consider donating them to a local charity. How to pick items up. Respect other people's property. Do not walk on lawns or gardens. Take only the items that are marked free and placed at the curb. Don't leave previously picked up items on the curb at other people's property. You can find the full list of guidelines at cityofkingston.ca slash giveaway. Individuals from Kingston and the surrounding region who have been diagnosed with an eating disorder are now able to access more treatment options through Kingston Health Sciences Center's recently opened intensive day treatment program. The program was made possible through $1 million in base funding provided by Ontario Health last year meant to go towards eating disorder treatment. With the pandemic and other circumstances triggering an increase in the frequency and severity of eating disorder referrals, this clinic comes at a crucial time. Throughout the end of the summer, the first cohort of patients completed the program, and Kingston Health Sciences Center is now preparing for their second run of the program. I sat down with Nicholas Axis, Program Operational Director of the Mental Health and Addiction Care at KHSC, to discuss the newly opened Eating Disorders Clinic. Here's what he had to say. Just to give us some background, there has been a spike due to the pandemic and other circumstances in disordered eating. I was wondering if you could speak a bit to that fact and some of the reasons behind it. Sure, of course. What we noticed during the pandemic is, you know, initially, much like everybody, because of the uh, physical isolation and the lockdowns, many people um, deferred their care or didn't uh, go see their physicians or, or access services. And the unfortunate outcome of that is that conditions worsened during the pandemic. So when things finally did open up and people started coming to the hospital or being referred by their, their physicians, what we noticed is, is that their uh, eating disorder had progressed much further medically than it had been if we had caught it earlier. So people were presenting with more significant eating disorders and were kind of farther along the track. Um, that led to a spike uh, in referrals to our outpatient programs and also to inpatient uh, treatment to have them stay medically before they can start therapy. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for that background. I was wondering also what resources KHSC already has and how this program is going to supplement or expand upon those pre-existing treatment options. The Hotel Do site has had outpatient eating disorder programs available for adults and also for children and youth for about the last 10 years. What we had known with interactions and, and consultation with the community is that we really needed to have the next level up of services, which would be day treatment services. And above that is inpatient beds. Um, that's something we had asked for for a long time. At that time, uh, residents in the south southeastern Ontario would have to go to Ottawa or the GTA to access a day treatment program. Uh, so we were really excited that during the pandemic, when uh, the government had announced a strategy for eating disorders, they had uh, awarded us money, uh, along with Peterborough Regional Hospital, uh, to create a day treatment program. And so we actually worked together uh, kind of parallel in, in kind of learning from each other and creating both of our programs. And so uh, we were able to find a space downtown, uh, make it a more community located, friendly space for, for patients. And so we were just able to open our our doors this summer uh, to the first cohort. Access also expresses just how long this program has been anticipated. I think we've been we've been asking for day treatment for well over 10 years, but we got the funding last mm -hmm. year. And as you can imagine, with the pandemic uh, and the supply chain, everything got delayed. So it took us a year to renovate the space and then be able to hire the appropriate clinicians. Uh, the difference with a day treatment program compared to our outpatient services is this is really intense, right? It's a step down from being in the hospital in an inpatient bed, but a step up from outpatient where you might go in once a week or once a month 
to check with the, you know, the team for day treatment. What we're asking people are to do is to commit to five days of coming in uh, of intensive treatment. Um, and, you know, the reason we do that is because it's about structuring your day and being able to provide that structure and that follow through and then being able to do not just work on, you know, refeeding and, and you know, uh, helping them learn about their eating disorder, but then also how to be able to change those behaviors and be able to, to get on a road to wellness. I was wondering if you could get a bit into a more detailed account of how this clinic will function and the team behind it. Sure. So um, our team is run by our program manager for ambulatory mental health and addiction services at Hotel Do. And we've hired uh, a nurse practitioner, uh, a dietitian. Uh, we have two occupational therapists that can do psychotherapy as well, uh, as well as um, administrative support that's based out of our Hotel Do office. Uh, what we're looking at is having cohorts of about eight to 10 individuals for about 10 to 12 weeks at a time. And the reason we do that is because we know that we have to have that long of a time period in order to, to have the day treatment be successful and have him to be able to step down. It is a commitment. And, uh, you know, we're, we're asking individuals that might be working or going to school uh, to, you know, have to come to a space five days a week um, for a full day in order to be able to, to get that treatment. So there is time, for example, kids 16 and up uh, will do their homework there. People that are working from their jobs will also uh, might be doing some stuff on the side while they're also uh, uh, working with the group all day long. You mentioned there's already mm -hmm. been one cohort that's gone through. So the clinic is already up and running. We already had our first cohort go through. We only had three patients, but that's okay. That's three patients that, that got the services they needed. And our initial feedback has been very positive. So we're, we're in that phase now, right, where we're tweaking the program as we go. And as we hear back from patients and families about what works and what doesn't, that allows us to improve with each uh, subsequent cohort. So right now, uh, we're recruiting for our second cohort that should be starting next month. To learn more about the program, you can visit the KHSC website. The Slate Music Video program has wrapped up its selection process for this year and is gearing up to announce this year's pairings. In its third year, the Slate Music Video program pairs up local production companies and filmmakers with up-and-coming local musicians to produce music videos which will premiere at the Kingston Canadian Film Festival. Tourism Kingston and the Kingston Canadian Film Festival, the collaborating entities of this project, have announced that this year will include 10 pairings to be announced at their launch event at the Broom Factory on September 21st. This event will be free to attend with RSVP recommended, which can be found at visitkingston.ca. I sat down with Moira DeMorest, Music Commissioner with Tourism Kingston, to talk about this year's edition of the Slate Music Video Program. Would you like to introduce yourself and your involvement with this program? Sure. Um, my name is Moira DeMorest, and I'm the Music Commissioner with Tourism Kingston. Um, so I'm a part of one of the pieces uh, of this collaboration, um, so this is a collaboration between uh, Kingston's film and media team, which is part of me, and also um, the Kingston Canadian Film Festival, and also funded through the Slate Family Foundation. And uh, this is, um, and so we are sort of the collaborators of the uh, Slate Music Video Program. Just for folks who aren't familiar with the program, I was wondering if you could talk a bit about how it originated and the last few years that it's been running. Of course, yeah. So this program actually was launched um, in 2020. Um, and unfortunately, really until last year, it never really got um, 
the, you know, the world premiere that it needed, um, you know, the film festival looked a little bit different. And the idea was that um, local production companies would receive funding to create new music videos, and we would help to pair them with Kingston's top emerging musical artists. Um, and through uh, the Kingston Film and Media and through Kingston Canadian Film Festival or KCFF, um, we would help to give the money to create these uh, music videos. And then we'd also give them the platform at the music at, or at, at the film festival in March to screen them and premiere them. So last year was the first year that we were able to do a premiere in public. Um, and uh, it was a really special um, event. And then um, obviously the after the, the sort of the world premiere of these music videos, then they um, continued to live on in on our social channels, but also, you know, the artist was able to do um, use them as a promotional tool and um, and share them with the world. Awesome. And thank you for that background. I was wondering if you could also speak a bit to the motivating factors behind the project. Yeah. So we at Film and Media and uh, and alongside KCFF, we're, we're really interested in sector growth and uh, making sure that um, there's professional development opportunities for emerging filmmakers and emerging musicians. And so we're always looking for ways to um to make sure that we can address that need and, and grow that sector. So um, Kingston is, uh, it, you know, has a, a huge wealth of musical talent, but we also have a lot of uh, emerging filmmakers and production companies. And so this was, it seems like, a, you know, a natural fit to, to connect these film and music scenes and encourage local production and at the end offer a professionally made music video so that artists could, could share them and like share it with the share it with the world. <laughs> New this year, the program is also able to offer additional compensation to the selected musical talent. Demoris discusses this and the excitement of expanding this program for another year. So last year, um, we artists got um, the opportunity, uh, obviously, to have the music video, and that part was funded. Um, and then we also were able to um, organize some some extra concerts around the film festival. Um, but this this year, um, with the addition of the Slate Family Foundation's um, funding, it's allowed us to also give to the artist as well. So the artist is also getting an honorarium um, for their time um, in uh, for the time and the participation of the program. I think just, you know, the continuation of the program uh, is is really the, the most exciting thing for us. We saw, you know, what it could be last year um, with these uh, world premieres um, that happened at the, the film festival. And it specifically happened in the the big room of the grand theater. So it really felt like this special um, red carpet experience for music and filmmakers. Um, and so that energy, um, you know, just to keep keep that that going and to expand and grow on that, I think that um, it's, a, it's a really special Kingston uh, program that we should be really proud of. So I'm um, exciting to see more um, performance opportunities and more um, linking sort of uh, marketing uh, abilities um, as the program develops and grows over the years. So um, we just want to get the word out that um, that that people should apply as a music if you're a musical artist or if you're a production company just wanting to start out um we really want to to spread the word to get um people interested in that program and and start to you know 
even if you're not um, one of those those groups, maybe even just keep your eye op- open for uh, these musicians and and what what we sort of cook up over the the course of the year. DeMorest also gave some background on the selection process, which took place in August. The production companies essentially select the musical artists that they would like to work with. So we provide them with all of the submissions and help, um, you know, for production companies that might not be as familiar with the music scene, we're there to help and and sort of um, maybe make suggestions. But um, usually the production companies are are picking their top three and then with uh, um, the committee of the film and media team, the Kingston Canadian Film Festival, um, we help to to just kind of navigate those conversations. So it's not just kind of like as much of like, you know, an artist is picked out of the hat. It's it's really sort of a, a bit of debriefing with the production companies and, and finding the right fit for both the the music video maker and for the musician too. You can keep up with the production process as Tourism Kingston and the Kingston Canadian Film Festival provide updates throughout the next few months and anticipate the premiere of these music videos at the Kingston Canadian Film Festival running from February 28th to March 3rd this year. You will get sort of some sneak peek. We'll sort of be giving like teasers and behind the scenes um, uh, footage and pictures as the production companies and as the musicians uh, develop their video. Where can folks keep up with that on social media and everything? Um, probably the easiest place is just to go to visitkingston.ca. Um, and we have a film and media, um, link right on that page and, and follow along there. Um, you can also check out the Kingston Canadian Film Festival, kingcamfilmfest.ca or KCFF if you're looking on any of the social platforms. As part of the Global Climate Action Mobilization on Friday, organized by Fight Fossil Fuels and Fridays for Future, Kingstonians participated in a climate strike on Queen's campus on Friday afternoon. With approximately 200 people in attendance, along with those passing by the busy intersection of University Avenue and Union Street, the strike certainly caught attention. The crowd was lively and passionate, arriving with signs and showing their support for the cause. Protesters listened to speeches from local activists and experts and enjoyed live music from local musician Frank Ryan. All hope is not lost. Otherwise, I would not be here with you today. I, along with every other person, young person, deserve to inherit a world that sustains us and that we in turn can sustain. The key to keeping hope alive is to taking action just like we are doing at this protest so that our institutions can feel the need to make the changes that we desperately need. Thank you. This protest took place in conjunction with more than 500 gatherings taking place around the world, with the global leaders currently discussing climate action at the United Nations in New York and Parliament reopening on September 18th. The coordinated action for climate justice comes at a fitting time. The strike in Kingston was sponsored and led by Queen's Backing Action on the Climate Crisis, QBACC, Seniors for Climate Action Now, 350 Kingston, and No Clear Cuts Kingston. The wildfire story represents just one of these crucial reasons why we need to stop consuming fossil fuels. Not by 2050, not by 2030, but now. 
the best in vintage funky one-of-a-kind treasures clothing accessories and a fabulous selection of jewels vintage and new find the cutest purse the most dashing of hats and sunglasses everything to complete your individual look what'll i wear has it all they can dress you from top to bottom find your new fashion fave at what'll i wear at 732 princess street in kingston visit their new location and follow them on facebook to keep up to date with what's in store at what'll i wear Dear listeners, as you may have heard, Meta, which owns Instagram and Facebook, is blocking Canadian access to all content created by news providers, including this radio station, in response to the Online Broadcasting Act. Access to local news and information matters to everyone, and while radio stations use their airwaves to keep you informed, we also use social media to share local news, events and initiatives, and even content about our upcoming programming. We need you to write your MP and convey your concerns. Learn more and find a letter template for your MP on our website, cfrc.ca. Thank you for your support. 